welcome to Talking Club. I didn't hey, Karen. like do a countdown or anything. Just jumped right in. Hey, Emily. Hey, Karen. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be back recording with you. Yeah, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. And by but... a minute, we mean like 10 months. <laughs> a minute, 10 months. It's Is there really easy. a difference? In the grand scheme of things, I would say no. No, I mean, we're halfway to Christmas. Oh my gosh, we are. It's a fun thought. We are, yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, how have you been? What's happening? I mean, Good. just for anybody who's listening, obviously we have talked to each other in the last <laughs> 10 months. We just didn't record it and share it with any of you. Yeah, I think <laughs> this podcast is something that we both really want to do, but I think we, it just, the year just got away from us. And so we're, here we are again. So life is crazy. It is crazy. It feels like it's starting to be, even though it's getting busier, it feels like it's less crazy now because everything just is starting to have more structure and more reliability, I think. Yes. Now that we are not post-COVID. I wish people would stop saying we're post-COVID because it's still out there. In fact, one of my employees tested positive yesterday, but yes, someone in her family did. But um, yeah, but the world is acting like there's no COVID anymore. So at, at the very least, our country is. <laughs> that is true. But yeah. also France is because that's where I'm headed in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and they're just like, come on over. No restrictions. Okay. <laughs> That's exciting. You'll have to, we'll definitely have to do a recording about your trip oh, when you get back. Definitely will. We yeah. Definitely, definitely will. Yeah. So, anyway. So, did, so, no, real quick. So, yeah. we're what, two and a half years into COVID. Have you ever gotten it? I have not. That's amazing. I have stayed COVID free. And it's funny because a few people have suggested that I had it at some point and just never knew because I just didn't have symptoms, which mm -hmm. is possible. However, True. I've been to so many events and so many things, and every time I have the slightest, like, something doesn't feel right, I take a COVID test. I've taken so many COVID tests, PCR and antigen. They've never been positive. I feel like it's it's so unlikely that I got it and never had any idea. Right. So. I would, I would probably, I would agree with that. I got it in late April. Mm, so. Bummer. I managed to go two years and one month without getting it, which I'm calling a win. And I don't really know how anybody could be 100% asymptomatic based on how I felt. And I didn't really even feel that bad, but I definitely felt it. So if it really is possible to have it and be 100% asymptomatic, that's incredible to me. Yeah. And more power to you, but man, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I know that the, the CDC a couple of months ago also had said that they're looking at evidence that some people just are immune. Mm -hmm. And it's it's entirely possible that I'm one of them. And in fact, at this point, it wouldn't surprise Probably me. I. I have a friend whose wife has gotten it twice. They live in the same house. Wow. They share a bed. <laughs> she has gotten it twice. He has not gotten it. And he's another one that he tests all the time for, for work, for all kinds of events and things. And it's just, it's so unlikely that he would have gotten it and not found out that I, I think some of us really might just be immune. Yeah. Well, that's great. 
That's it's wonderful. Very encouraging news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. All right. So what are we talking about today? We talking, 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 talking. Where am I from? Talking. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Utah. I am I... shocked. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, maybe we talked about this last year. I should go back and look at what our episodes actually were. <laughs> but it's so funny because my coworker, there was one day I was talking about a show and I was like, you can totally tell these people are from Utah. And he was just like, what? How? And I said, they have the accent. What accent? Like the Utah accent. And he had no idea there's such a thing as a Utah accent. And I was like, oh, there is. And it is strong. And, um, or should I say strong? Strong. <laughs> just drop your T's. Then you've drop got your it. T's and add your G's. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Anyway, so I actually went on YouTube and pulled up videos of the Utah accent. Like, there's a whole oh. videos about it. Wow. <laughs> I sent it to him, and he was just like, wow, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, you live there Talking. for a month, and you will not unhear it ever. Yeah, there's something very there's something very unique about Utahns. Not necessarily all bad. Not necessarily all good. <laughs> I would love to move for a variety of reasons, but it's just not going to happen. I would love for you to move to Southern California. Yeah, that would be fun. But my dream location would be the Pacific Northwest or the New England area. I would love those places. I don't even know if I would actually like it, but I think I would like it. (laughs) Like, I want to live downtown New York. That's like my dream man just i i think i could live there but the older i get the less i want to live (laughs) in a big city where it's crowded and there's traffic and i mean there's traffic in california obviously i was gonna say (laughs) but i don't live in the city i live in the suburbs you're right you're right it's just one of those things you know how you think oh i could totally have that lifestyle you have no evidence to support that theory (laughs) you know but and so that's how I am with New York City I'm like oh I could live downtown Manhattan in a 500 square foot apartment with my family of four no problem (laughs) Emily we here in this country don't do anything without lots and lots of evidence to support it come on that's true exactly (laughs) you're right I was watching a show last night that supports that. (laughs) Prime time. Was it reality TV? No, it wasn't. It was about as real as reality TV is, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Was it starring Congresswoman Liz Cheney? It sure was. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and can I just say something about that? Yes, please do. I... You know, it's amazing to me what one person can do mm-hmm. and watching the footage of the attack on the Capitol is, it was very emotional for me. And for me, it's right up there with other major events that have happened in our country. 9-11, Pearl Harbor, things like that. 
And obviously the casualties weren't as great, which is I'm very happy about. It was done by our own though. And that, and it was based on a complete lie. And not only do we still have people who don't think it was a big deal, you know, that whole, oh, they were just tourists. Yeah. (laughs) Despite the clear evidence to the contrary. And it's just, it's horrible. It's horrible what happened. And, and it, it just, it really just goes to show what one person and their ego can do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, how does, how does watching that footage affect you? So, uh, it's funny because not funny, but you know, last night I was driving, I was going to meet up with some friends for dinner and I left work and I turned on CNN in my car. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to the statements. I was listening to the footage. And so I couldn't actually see any of the images, but just listening to the audio of what was going on and the picture that I was, you know, conjuring in my head, it, it was a very emotional experience for me too. I was getting, I was, you know, tearing up mm-hmm. um, because I just, I thought it, it, I guess what really occurred to me in a strong way that I hadn't really pieced together before was the fact that if this had succeeded, if certain people had not been willing to say, no, this is wrong and we're not going to help you, we would have lost the Constitution. It wouldn't have mattered anymore. Right. And we would have lost our country. Right. And, and this isn't a joke. This isn't a game. This uh-huh. isn't an exercise. You know, this was real. And right. we were that close to losing the United States. Right. And just making that realization, it was a very emotional thing for me. Uh-huh. And and it just, it was like, what happens when we have people in specific positions that are willing to do the wrong thing and make the right. wrong choice? Because right. what this showed me is that that is coming if we don't all band together, take this seriously, and make sure that it never happens again. Uh-huh. And people's allegiance to a person versus ideals or policies. I mean, that's what it's come to mm-hmm. is <laughs> just this allegiance to this person who it's so, it's so obvious to me that he does not care about this country. He does not care about other people. He, he does not care about making the country better. He cares about power, money, sex, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you could, you could see this coming from a mile away. I remember, I think it was like in August of 2020, maybe even earlier, all of the sudden the, the lies about how, how, um, insecure mail-in ballots were, you know, started, you know, started coming, you know, and started being plastered everywhere at those rallies. And, you know, you know, I mean, it's just so obvious to me that it, he just cannot stomach the idea of losing because he never has. Yes. This is the problem throughout. This is why you have to be very careful, like not you, but you know, this is why people have to be very careful, especially in situations where you're dealing with 
with children, with young people, whether you're a parent or a teacher or a church leader or anybody, you have to be very careful in how you deal with that. And, and like teaching children how to lose is an mm-hmm. important, vital part of growing up. It is. And that's something that like I read Mary, Tr- Mary Trump's book a couple years ago during the election. And that was one of the big resounding themes that I saw from the stories that she was telling is how over and over again, from the time he was two years old, he never had to suffer consequences. He was never mm-hmm. told no. He was never taught that not everything is about you and you don't get to just always get your way. Right. And that led to a 75-year-old man trying to overthrow the government of the United States permanently and unalterably. Right. right. And I and I don't think, and I don't even fully understand the ramifications of January 6th as far as the world is concerned, you know, I I think about countries like China, you know, where they don't have a democracy like we do and their leaders brainwashing them saying, look, the, a free democracy or free elections or in America, it doesn't work. Look what, look what happened. We can't have this in our country because it doesn't work in other countries. Well, let me tell you, we got a glimpse of that last night. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, There was a glimpse of that last night because while all the major networks were broadcasting the the January 6th commission. I switched over to Fox News because I'd heard they weren't going to be showing it. And I wanted to see, well, what are they talking about instead? Mm-hmm. And Sean Hannity was had a couple of guests on and they were talking about the other lie that's going around right now, which is that Nancy Pelosi declined National Guard troops to help out at the Capitol on January 6th. And so they're trying to blame her. And it's like, okay, but that's not how any of that works. And so it's like, not only are they not allowing the broadcast on Fox, not only are they not allowing the broadcast of the hearings with evidence and testimony and video and all that, they're also, at the same time, completely lying about Mm -hmm. other things that happened that day. Well, does and Nancy Pelosi even have the authority no. to, okay, I was going to say the National Guard has to be, that is under the authority of the president of the United States. Okay. Right. So they're, mm-hmm. so they're feeding off of, or they're banking on people's ignorance of yes. how things work yes. to make anybody look guilty for what happened besides the person that literally told people to go to the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And to stop the steal. I mean, it's the evidence is overwhelming that he told them to do what they did, you okay. know, and and from what uh, I've what I've heard and what we've seen so far, we haven't even seen we haven't even scratched the surface of how much actual evidence there is. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just horrifying. It's horrifying. And I I'm planning on him running again in 2024. I'm preparing myself emotionally for him to win. But, you know, the the only good thing about him winning again would be that he could never be president again. But who knows what the amount of destruction that could happen in the four years. That's just it. I I think that because he would be a lot more selective in who he brought in. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think that this just goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, I am no fan of Mike Pence, but (laughs) if Mike Pence had bought into and actually was sold on Trump and his message, 
he would have done the illegal thing. Right. And Trump's going to make sure next time not to have someone like a Mike Pence who's going to put his foot down and say, no, this is wrong. Right. Well, and didn't Mike Pence reach out to, oh, who was it? Was it Dan Quayle, mm-hmm. a former VP, to mm-hmm. see what can I do? And yeah. Quayle was just like, you Nothing. can't you do, do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, and then there were people in Congress that initially were like, oh, this is awful what happened, but they have since kind of backtracked on that. And I just don't, I don't understand what Trump has over these people. I don't get it because it's like, yeah, there are people who just Trump. Sorry. No. Well, what else do you think it is? Well, I think a lot of it is Trump tapped into a very specific collection of people, Mm -hmm. of citizens of the United States. Yes. And they're in very specific parts of the country. And I'm not talking, you know, um, abstractly about like the South. I mean, like a particular district in Georgia that is willing to send a Marjorie Taylor Greene to Congress. Yes, Because if she ran in any other district in Georgia, she probably wouldn't win, you know? Right. And... Um, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about is like these very small pockets of the country who are able to elect certain people who then are put into a real position of power and then they're going to do everything they can to hang on to it. And the thing is that, you know, Madison Cawthorn's out. Yay. That is, that still makes me happy. (laughs) But, um, you know, Lauren Boebert or Mm -hmm. Matt Gates or any of them, they don't have to give a crap what I think or what you right. think, you know, in our, in our parts of the country, they don't have to care what someone in Nebraska says because they only have to worry about securing the votes of the people who send them there. Right. Exactly. And Trump figured out how to tap into those pockets of the country. Right. Well, and then you have people, you know, because the, the Trump supporters for so many years just called themselves like the silent majority, mm-hmm. you know, And, but then, you know, so you have his clear supporters that will, you know, support anything that he does or says, and will excuse anything he does or says when it doesn't align with what they think he is actually all about. But then you have people who just will not cross party lines and who will vote for him because they have already decided that if you vote for the opposing party that you are supporting a B or C mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> that part of it. You know, I, I remember um, a couple of days ago, I had a very frank conversation with my daughters who are 13 and nine, because my husband and I talk about politics a lot. And we have, we have mentioned to them many times that we do not like Donald Trump. And the biggest reason I mean, there's so many, but I wanted my daughters to really understand why we did not support him. And so I told them without using the exact language about the access Hollywood conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did it in a way that they knew what I was talking about, but also I wouldn't use the word, you know, and you know, because it's just like girls, there's, there's, it's more, it's more than just being a Republican or a Democrat. It's more than that. It's about what this person stands up for. And I just, I don't understand 
how people who claim to be, you know, Christian or not even Christian, just religious to, to believe in caring for other people who believe that some of these, you know, that sexual assault is wrong or, you know, even sex outside of marriage is wrong can, can support him because they just can't possibly muster the thought of supporting a Democrat, you know, and and usually I think right now, at least in my state, the reason why people absolutely will not support a Democrat is because of abortion, yep. you know, and they don't even take the time to figure out what a candidate actually believes when it comes to abortion. And and also, I think right now, a lot of it has to do with the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. you know, because they have been brainwashed into believing that if you support a Democrat, you support killing babies and you support taking away every single gun in America. And if that's what people believe, then people are going to continue to support abhorrent candidates like Trump. Yeah. Because they you know, and so I, I don't think it's possible, but we have to figure out a way to get around just strict party lines. And I, I don't even know if that's possible, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm hoping that, um, that these hearings will help, uh, wake some people up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out exactly how, how to explain what I mean, but you know, like last night I was scrolling on Twitter and I saw a number of, of people who are Democrats, who are very vocal Democrats, who were just like, I never thought that I'd see the day where I was praising Liz Cheney. You know, oh, that's and, me. That's yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like calling her a hero for standing up. And, you know, and Mitt Romney has been in that position mm-hmm. a few times too and and there have been some others who have occasionally stepped up and done the right thing and um and i'm hoping that because it's tricky because it has to come from both sides the problem and the reason that we just keep getting more and more divided and so like i mean someone like me i actually as soon as trump secured the republican nomination in 2016 i switched i i grew up a Republican. I was a lifelong Republican. I never imagined that I would leave. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he, I didn't even make it to the California primary. He secured the nomination before it ever got to us. And I just said, I cannot be part of a party that will choose him as their, as their candidate. And so I re-registered. I'm not part of a party. Um, right. In California, we have the option of no party preference. And that's what I selected. And I feel very good about that choice. And I honestly, I feel like that should be the way it is. Vote for the people you agree with, not because they have the right letter behind their name. Exactly. And I'm hoping that for people on both sides, um, I think there's a little bit of hope that maybe we can start to break that down here. Really what I would love to see is, I mean, I'm not in favor of parties anyway. And I totally agree with George Washington on that point. He thought (laughs) political parties would be the death of the country. And (laughs) I don't think that he's wrong. (laughs) Um, But I do think the other solution, because we're obviously not going to get rid of all the money that is involved. um, But I think that the other solution is just to open it up and ensure that 
more parties have representation, you know? Yes. And I I don't know if some of our listeners know that you and I, for <laughs> for a long time, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to politics, which is funny because I currently am a registered Republican. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Well, <laughs> it's the the reason why I am is because it's the only way I can have a voice in my state's elections. Because we have so Utah votes overwhelmingly Republican, except for maybe local positions within Salt Lake City, actual Salt Lake City. Yeah. But everything else is Republican. And the Republicans have closed primaries, so you can only participate in the Republican primaries if you are registered a Republican. And so a lot of people are tired of not having representation in Utah. So we've all resulted to, well, if we have to have a Republican, I'm going to vote for the Republican that I think is best. You know, Mm -hmm. and so I got my ballot the other day and (laughs) I, for the first time in a long time, I was able to vote against our current Republican leaders by choosing another Republican. And a lot of people in the state are mad about people like me saying that's dishonest. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, I live here. I should have a voice. And regardless I'm still voting for a Republican. So what are you complaining about? Well, and also <laughs> you to say that it's dishonest is ridiculous because you're you get to have a voice in who your representatives exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. Essentially you are living under if you stay registered as a Democrat, you're living under no representation. It, right. And and I for sure am going to switch back because I don't like being a registered Republican, but I did very much enjoy voting against people that I think are wholly unfit to run the state. So I enjoyed that, but morally and, you know, and I know that people can look up voter registration if anyone was interested and be like, how does Emily register? And I would be like, don't look at me right now until I change my (laughs) registration back, you know, but that's just, that's the game. And I know it's different in California. Like I know that my experience, like in my state, you know, we're, we're, we are run by Republicans, but in California it's different. So I reckon it's the opposite, you know? So I, I recognize that. Um, and so, so yeah, it, it's been challenging to, to, you know, have to be associated with a party that I don't support, but I also really want to have a say in who the Republicans are that are running this state. Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth of the matter, you know, and because whoever wins the Republican party that goes against the opposing party, I mean, there is no contest. Whoever wins the party will be the winner because nobody in the state will will look beyond party lines and i mean the first election i voted in when i lived in utah it was it gosh it would have been the presidential election in 2000 Mm -hmm. and uh i went to you know i went to cast my ballot i opened up the ballot at the polling place and i was really confused because there was a box you could mark or you know 
hole you could punch uh-huh. to vote for all one party. And it oh, was, yes. they had the Republican. And they ha- I, had, I had never... I, d- I had heard that straight party tickets existed, but I had never actually seen one. Because we don't have it that way in California. You have to physically select every candidate you want to vote for. Yeah. And I could not believe what I was seeing. And I was just like, this explains so much about the politics here. And... Um, and even though at the time I was a Republican and pretty much everybody I was voting for was a Republican, I still was like, I'm not going to just punch that because I want to make my selections, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, even though I have always been a registered Democrat, I still, I still very much believe in person over party. Yeah. And I will not vote for a Democrat just simply because they're Democrats. Like if I don't feel good about a candidate, they won't get my vote. Um, As far as policies are concerned, I usually align, you know, everything just, I usually fall in place closest with the Democrats. Um, And that's just, that's just how it's been. Like I'm not, I think a lot of times, well, I know a lot of times people I've met, People who are usually a little bit older than me who think I'm a Democrat for to be different or to be like hip or cool. (laughs) Like it's not something I've thought about. It's just like I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to be different and I'm going to, you know, try to I, I don't even know. But like that is something that a lot of people have thought about me and about my husband, which is funny because it's like no we've really thought about this and i've been cornered at work which is entirely illegal people have just my boss at one point called me into his office just totally random and sat me down and i thought it was work related and he legitimately asked me will you please tell me why you're a democrat oh my (laughs) god i was like yeah he a hundred percent and i was like how many HR rules are we breaking right now? And are you doing this to Republicans? You know what, what I mean? It, mm-hmm. And um, wow. Yeah. And so anyway, it's just the, <laughs> when you are in the minority party, <laughs> it's not because we're trying to be different. It's not because we're trying to be hip or cool or whatever the heck people think or or that we're trying to be worldly. I'm a Christian. I go to church every week. I'm also a Democrat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like these people like this exist and we're normal. And same with Republicans in California like you. Well, before you or prior (laughs) to, you know, pre-2016. And I, you know, another thing that I think is really great is that we can be friends. You and I have been friends since 2002. I think so, yeah. 2001. I think, I think we've least, we've at least known each other. Like, and I think that's a, I think that's true for most people. Like we can coexist, we can get along. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're, I think, I don't like to blame the media for everything, but in this situation I will like the media, I think, especially Fox news really tries to pit people against each other. You know, if you use um, I was, I was watching this, Uh, I saw like this post on Instagram from the New York times about a study they did on Tucker Carlson's show. 
and just the language that he uses. It's like, they want you to believe this. They're trying to do this to you. And it's, it's always, it's just a very us versus them mentality. And I think there are a, a po- pockets of people that really subscribe to that, that are like, oh yes, anybody who does not believe this is my enemy. But I don't think that's true for the country as a whole. Maybe so not. yeah, I will say um, my, my, uh, national cable news channel of choice is cnn um mm-hmm. but even they i mean they do it too they do they do that do they? divisive language but they do it in such a more subtle way that mm-hmm. i think a lot of people don't even realize that that's what's happening but right. yeah they'll they'll, con- they'll they'll say things like the republicans want this the republicans are saying that and it's like that's true but is it the republicans or is it some republicans <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. And, and and I honestly don't even know if you can get away from a biased news network, even local oh, news. No, you can't. You know, and I think you just have to find. Right. I don't well, know. I mean, I know I've shared this experience before, but, you know, I I worked on the Mitt Romney campaign in 2008, not the year that he got the nomination, but the time before that. And I witnessed firsthand the news manipulating the story. And, and so it's like, even when they're presenting things that look fair and balanced and correct and accurate, you really have to question everything that you see because everybody, everybody has an angle, everybody has an agenda. And ultimately, especially when it comes to news networks and newspapers and everything, their main objective is to make money because they are businesses. Yes, exactly. And it's frustrating because we need to know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And so how do we find unbiased information? We can't I find don't know. unbiased information. But what we can do is just make sure that we are as informed as possible. You know, so it's like for myself, for example, and I'm not I'm not perfect at this, but you know, this is what I try to do. Like for example, last night when I was listening to the hearings and I was like, okay, but what is Fox doing right now? And so I turn over and listen to Fox for a bit to hear what they're saying. And, you know, and then I listen to some MSNBC commentators. I have subscriptions to multiple newspapers. And then I read other articles here and there, you know, from different papers around the country. So I try to cast as broad of a net as I can to hear how multiple people are covering it. And then from there, you start to see where the similarities are and you can kind of piece out or parse out which language is inflammatory and yes. often very subtly inflammatory uh, and which, you know, where where you can more or less, uh, you can start to figure out where the real facts are and which parts are just, um, you know, speculation or outright mm-hmm. lies. Well, and the nice thing about if there is a nice thing about January 6th is that we have so much video coverage. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it that was made by the rioters themselves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they were proud of what they were doing and they were publishing it online. And, you know, they didn't think they were doing anything wrong. And so I don't really... I don't really, I mean, it. we're very lucky that we have that because there's, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for what actually happened or, spe- you know, like a different opinions about what actually happened. 
on January 6th. I think that's true to a point. I think where the difference of opinion is going to come is from the people who refuse to watch it in the first place and will continue to drive their own narratives and and continue to tr- to turn out those lies about how like, oh, well, these weren't really Trump people that were responsible. They were, you know, kind of like the Boston Tea Party, how they dressed up as <laughs> as Native Americans and pretended, well, they weren't American at the time, but, you know, the indigenous tribes. Um, yes. <laughs> to try to frame them. And uh, so I think that there's still a lot of that going on. Uh-huh. So that's where, but, you know, there are certain people that I know and love that have um, been just kind of very, very quiet disappointingly quiet about January 6th not because I think that they agree with it but because I think they think a lot of what has been said is not true and it'll be interesting to see if they pay attention to what's being presented or if they continue to just keep their head in the sand and just not listen to any of it yeah that's yeah I mean good or bad an attack on the Capitol. It's bad. It's always it, bad. It, An I attack mean, on the Capitol well, well, is always well, I bad. Meant, no, sorry. Sorry. I, I phrased <laughs> that wrong. I just meant like, I meant regardless of what side of the aisle you sit on, an attack on our Capitol should be considered very bad by everyone. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't, I mean, unless you are not watching it and like you said, like unless people are willfully ignoring all of the coverage and not seeing any of the videos, I don't know how you can look at that and think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or, well, if so-and-so hadn't done this, then that wouldn't have happened sort of a thing, you know? And it's just like, no, it happened. It's horrible. You could call it domestic terrorism if you want to. I mean, it was, it was, or you can call it sedition. Like it is sedition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it, I mean, it is awful. It was absolutely horrible. And I'm just, I hope that everybody will watch it, watch the coverage. I think it's amazing that they're showing it during primetime news. You know, I I don't remember the last time we've, that there's been anything like that during the, the evening. Do you, from what I've been hearing, um, the last time that they did something like this was the Watergate hearings. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean, like... I remember Iran-Contra, but that was during the day. They weren't doing that in primetime. But the Watergate hearings apparently were, like, even if they weren't primetime, it was one of those things where everyone everywhere was watching and listening and, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. 50 years ago, by the way. Is that really 50 years ago? Yeah. And, like, I maybe... I don't know. I maybe there are people who don't think what happened happened or believe that Nixon and his people didn't do anything wrong, but it, it it's but I think everybody nowadays are kind of at the same conclusion that that was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that it was appropriate for Nixon to resign. <laughs> yeah. Well, the and problem so- <laughs> and what we're running into now with Trump is there's been this sort of um uh, tradition, I guess, uh, not based on anything. It's just how people have acted <laughs> where, uh, if the president does it, it's not illegal, which I think is something that Nixon actually said, um, <laughs> or maybe it's one of those SNL things where people said he said it. I don't know. I could be wrong, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of this pervasive 
defense that has come up any time that a president has been accused of anything that has crossed the line outside of his presidential duties is, well, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Actually, now that I'm saying that again, I think it might be from a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, I think a lot of people believe that he did not do anything wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is yeah. a lot of evidence that we're going to see in the next, apparently this is about two weeks. Sorry. My neighbor is, uh, revving up his car. He oh, does this a lot. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. It's fun. Anyway, it just got really loud all of a sudden and my <laughs> floor is kind of vibrating. So anyway, um, the point is we're going to see a lot of stuff over the next couple of weeks and it's going to be really interesting. And this is not at all what we had planned on talking about. Oh, today, it's not. But no, I think- it's not. This is what I think is going to be fun about, we decided to make some changes to how we were going to do this podcast and um, it's going to be a little bit more free flowing. So we're never going to know what we're going to get, I guess. So no, I think, I think right before we started to record, we were going to chat about stopping, (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know, Diet Coke is right up there with very important topics. I'm not going to lie. It is an important topic. Um, Maybe we'll but, talk about it next time. But considering, you know, what we had both just watched and listened to yesterday, it felt appropriate to discuss yeah. that. And to anyone listening, if you haven't kept up with the January 6th committee and their findings and the videos, please watch it. I I feel like it is our duty as Americans to, to, to understand the gravity of what happened and to take that information to the voting polls in, you know, and please vote in your midterm elections, in your local elections, these things matter. And we can't just send anyone to the white house. We can't just send anyone to the Senate or to the house. We need to have good, competent people on and if please consider voting across the aisle if you're not an independent voter already that is something that i have done and i'm always willing to do regardless of how i affiliate myself is that yeah. how i affiliate yes and it just just we can't be uninterested in politics anymore we can't just not worry about it anymore i think yeah. since 2016 we, I, I don't, the, the idea of having like a non-career politician in the White House, it's like, fine, whatever. If we want to do that, let's do that. But it has been proven that people who are president or that go, you know, that have these federal positions need to be aware of how the government is supposed to work and need to care about keeping the traditions and keeping, keeping things calm and orderly <laughs> and regardless of who that is if that's somebody who is willing to do that then that's fine you know especially since it's going to be at a max eight years but somebody who is just doing whatever the heck they want or thinks they can do whatever they want who is just flat out lying i mean even about the size of the inauguration crowd i mean the lies began straight out of the gate we can't have that anymore in this country it's too dangerous absolutely absolutely I mean, I think people need to understand that that what has come as a result of not just the hearings, but the actual events of January 6th and everything that led up to that shows that 
our democracy is hanging by a very thin thread and it's only going to survive if we choose to keep it. Right. Exactly. Well said. Well, you were very well spoken. (laughs) I appreciate you, Emily. Yeah. I appreciate you, Karen. It was nice to talk with you. It was really nice talking with you. Um, I know you're not on social media as yourself personally, but um, the show is. So why don't you share Mm -hmm. where people can, can find us if they would like to reach out. So we are currently on Twitter and Instagram at Talking Club Pod. So we've been a little silent, obviously, but we will start posting again. And Karen, where can they find you if they want to see all of your adventures? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Karen M. Peterson. Awesome. Well, great. Well, it was so nice talking with you, Karen. It was nice talking with you, too. And we will definitely do this again next week. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.